In a moment, we'll hear uh, the sermon read. Uh, but before that, I just wanted to make a couple of uh, suggestions. As, as Paul said, uh, you know, the, the season of Christmas uh, it's traditionally 12 days. It's, it's a whole season. And part of that's because this event, the event of the incarnation, is too big to fit, squeeze into one day. Uh, and it's, it's too big to put into words uh, in a lot of ways. That passage we just heard read is, is one of my all-time, all-time favorites uh, in, in any of the Gospels, in any of, any of Scripture. It's my favorite way uh, that the incarnation is ever expressed uh, in Scripture. And yet, um, there's just so much to say. There's so much to contemplate. There's so much to sit with. Um, and so, I just uh, want to throw out the idea that, that that's a good reason to sit with the incarnation for more than just a day, more than just yesterday, the 25th of December, um, but for many days. Uh, of course, it's it's with us all year, but... Uh, I just encourage you to take this season to to really let uh, these words, to let the the mystery and wonder of this event of the nativity uh, sit with you and soak in it. Um, one way that you we've already provided for you to do that that I'll just throw out is those, those guides that we sent out. The Advent guides are actually Advent and Christmas guides. So if if you did do that. Through Advent, you saw even the liturgy, the candlelight liturgy, you can continue that through Christmas, and there's even a couple alterations in there for, for Christmas, prayers to read during Christmas. And then also the last page of that has uh, some readings, uh, just suggested readings. It's two readings a day for the 12 days of Christmas. We're on the second day now, and there's a psalm for each day. The psalms were chosen uh, to really keep the joy of Christmas going, like our psalm tonight. And the, the other readings that it's paired with was just our readings throughout the whole scope of Scripture that help us just meditate on the beauty of, of the Incarnation event. Uh, and so with that, um, we're going to hear a sermon that we've heard read the last few Christmases. I think we've only begun this maybe three years ago or something. Uh, the Chrysostom, St. John Chrysostom's uh, Nativity homily uh, is going to be read for us tonight. And one little addition to tonight if you guys are at home that your worship guide should have a link that you can click if you're a visual person like me you like to read it while you hear it i get a lot more when i read it so if you want to jump and uh get that in front of you now if you want to read along that's there for those of you here or if the link isn't working it's you can just type in saint john chrysostom uh, nativity homily and it should be the first one that comes up with that uh, I just want to introduce, um, I don't need to introduce him at all, but, uh, but Ian Bench is going to be reading the, the Christmas sermon for us tonight. And I just think it's going to be, I think it's special. Uh, not only because, because I, I think Ian's a fine, fine reader, not just that he can read, but that he can actually read, you know, well in public. But not just that. I think it's really cool. It's really cool that uh, tonight we'll hear the sermon read uh, by one of our youth He's almost not a youth anymore, uh, which is crazy, um, but, but I think it's really special for us tonight to hear from, from one of our youth, this event that uh, almost everyone involved uh, is a youth, <laughs> um, the nativity. Uh, I think it's really special, and so he's going to go ahead and, and give us that sermon. I invite you to hold up the words. We're going to throw uh, the nativity, uh, a nativity icon up for you to look at as well uh, while he reads. Uh, 
uh, that sermon. Take it away, Ian. This is the Nativity Sermon of St. John Chrysostom. Chrysostom. Behold, a new and wondrous mystery. <laughs> My ears resound to the shepherd's song, piping no soft melody, but chanting full forth a heavenly hymn. The angels sing, the archangels blend their voice in harmony, the cherubim hymn their joyful praise, the seraphim exalt his glory. All join to praise this holy feast, beholding the Godhead here on earth and man in heaven. He who is above, now for our redemption, dwells here below, and he that was lowly is by divine mercy raised. Bethlehem this day resembles heaven, hearing from the stars the singing of angelic voices, and in place of the sun enfolds within itself on every side the sun of justice. And ask not how, for where God wills, the order of nature yields, for he willed. He had the power, he descended, he redeemed. All things yielded in obedience to God. This day, he who is, is born, and he who is becomes what he was not. For when he was God, he became man, yet not departing from the Godhead that is his, nor yet by any loss of divinity became he man, nor through increase became he God from man. But being the word, he became flesh, his nature, because of impassibility, remaining unchanged. And so the kings have come, and they have seen the heavenly king that has come upon the earth, not bringing with him angels, nor archangels, nor thrones, nor dominations, nor powers, nor principalities, but, treading a new and solitary path, he has come forth from a spotless womb. Since this heavenly birth cannot be described, neither does his coming amongst us in these days permit of too curious scrutiny. Though I have known, though I know that a virgin this day gave birth, and I believe that God was begotten before all time, yet the manner of this generation I have learned to venerate in silence, and I accept that this is not to be probed too curiously with wordy speech. For with God, we look not for the order of nature, but rest our faith in the power of him who works. What shall I say to you? What shall I tell you? I behold a mother who has brought forth. I see a child come to this light by birth. The manner of his conception I cannot comprehend. Nature here, nature here rested while the will of God labored. O oh, ineffable grace, the only begotten who is before all ages, who cannot be touched or be perceived, who is simple without body, has now put on my body that is visible and liable to corruption. For what reason? That coming amongst us, he may teach us, and teaching, lead us by the hand to the things that men cannot see. For since men believe that the eyes are more trustworthy than the ears, they doubt of that which they do not see. And so he has deigned to show himself in bodily presence, that he may remove all doubt. Christ, finding the holy body and soul of the Virgin, builds for himself a living temple, and as he had willed, formed there a man from the Virgin, and putting him on, this day came forth, unashamed of the lowliness of our nature. For it was to him no lowering to put on what he himself had made. Let that handiwork be forever glorified, which became the cloak of its own creator. For as in the first creation of flesh, 
Man could not be made before the clay had come into his hand. So neither could this corruptible body be glorified until it had first become the garment of its maker. What shall I say? And how shall I describe this birth to you? For this wonder fills me with astonishment. The ancient of days has become an infant. He who sits upon the sublime and heavenly throne now lies in a manger. And he who cannot be touched, who is simple, without complexity and incorporeal, now lies subject to the hands of men. He who has broken the bonds of sinners is now bound by an infant's bands. But he has decreed that ignominy shall, shall become honor, infamy be clothed with, clothed with glory, and total humiliation the measure of his goodness. For this he assumed my body, that I may become capable of his word. Taking my flesh, he gives, me my, he gives me his spirit. And so he bestowing and I receiving, he prepares for me the treasure of life. He takes my flesh to sanctify me. He gives his spirit that he may save me. Come then, let us observe the feast. Truly wondrous is the whole chronicle of the nativity. For this day, the ancient slavery is ended. The devil confounded, the demons take to flight, the power of death is broken, paradise is unlocked, the curse is taken away, sin is removed from us, error driven out, truth has been brought back, the speech of kindliness diffused and spreads on every side, a heavenly way of life has been implanted on the earth, angels communicate with men without fear, and men now hold speech with angels. Why is this? Because God is now on earth and man in heaven. On every side, all things commingle. He became flesh. He did not become God. He was God. Wherefore, he became flesh so that he whom heaven did not contain, a manger would this day receive. He was placed in a manger so that he, by whom all things are nourished, may receive an infant's food from his virgin mother. So the father of all ages, as an infant at the breast, nestles in the virginal arms that the magi may more easily see him. Since this day, the Magi too have come and made a beginning of withstanding tyranny and the heavens give glory as the Lord is revealed by a star. To him then, who out of confusion has wrought a clear path to Christ, to the Father and to the Holy Spirit, we offer all praise now and forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Ian. Very